a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Racer X podcast, Foxboro slash Boston Supercross wrap up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Racer X online.com forward slash subscribe to uh, get the latest and greatest issues of things that are really cool that we don't talk about on podcast and aren't online. And we got some great stories coming in, including the cover story of Marty Davalos, not written by me, but uh, still done a great job. Marty Davalos on the latest cover. And um, yeah, please check it out. Also, Fox Racing. The global innovation leader in motocross racewear, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized dealer, foxhead.com. Or, um, or if they don't have Fox, go, um, go somewhere else and, uh, and get it. Uh, Dayglow gear out now, I guess. Limited edition Dayglow gear that Fox released at a day race. Poor beaks. And um, stuff still looked pretty cool, though. And uh, if it was dark, it would look really sweet. So uh, check it out, please. Kenny Roxon, Ryan Dungey, Jesse Wentland, just some of the guys that wear Fox. All right, this is the Boston slash Foxboro Supercross wrap-up. With me on the line, uh, my boss, the voice of NASCAR, the voice of American Motocross, the voice of the GNCCs, the voice of Endurocross, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, bro? Did more riding this morning. Dude, you, are, going. you are on it. This is – are you going to be racing? Are we – Well, I did uh, – I did during those three weekends, I didn't go to the races. I raced the GNCC each time, but uh... – uh, that's it. I how, got my weekends off. I don't have any more left. That's how, the end for this. How, yeah, how'd you do in the GNCC races? Did you do any good? Uh, the goal was to get a plaque. You got to be in the top third of your class. And I missed it by two spots each time. Oh, so, terrible. 2017, you will be mine. <laughs> well, I got a GNCC plaque on the wall right here I'm looking at right now. Uh, so, so jealous. fifth yeah, place. I got a seventh fifth, and an eighth. Missed it both times. Fifth place in the industry class, bro. Um, yeah. And I was leading early on. Okay. On a 125, right? On a 125, on a KTM 125 versus Shane Nally <laughs> on a DRZ 350. Um, yeah. Also on the line, we don't know where he is. Could be sh- something to do with the shining. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Oh, okay. another, uh, okay. another we, Sunday or Monday. What is it, we, Monday? We, we, yeah. we tried to get you on the phone. You gave us your hotel number. First of all, the first tip is that you're room number five. Okay, yeah. that's the first tip, that things are weird. Second tip, it was busy for a long time, and they only have one phone line, this hotel. You're, where the hell are you? I'm in southern New Hampshire doing, uh, <laughs> doing rep travel, part of my job. Live and, free or uh, die? Let's just say that my, ho- my hotel is fairly small. <laughs> is Jack Nicholson around anywhere? I hope not. <laughs> and I've been looking down the hall, well, the hallway the room, I would say hallways, but the, there is a hallway. The room is one with an outside door. The, your room there are door. no small girls wandering around. Thank God. When you open your hotel door, it opens to the outside. <laughs> it does not. Oh, no, okay. All right. That's, 
That's what I figured. So, Hawking Well, fly- I said hallway. We have one hallway. Hawking Fly Racewear uh, around the world. Now, look, JT, you, you, you love Fox guys, Beaker and those guys. You're friends. We're all friends in this industry. But on a scale of 1 to 15 for the great Tim Ferry, how happy were you that Fox had was for, sort of forced to release their Dayglow gear in a, at a day race? I don't know that happy is the right word because content, satisfied, satisfied, content. Um, (laughs) You know what? More than anything, I I know how tough it is to get it right and to do it just to have things come off exactly how you want them with timelines and stuff that's out of your control, like port shipping and customs and all that kind of stuff. And I know we screw it up at times and it doesn't go to plan and you look like, you know, you don't know what you're doing. And Fox seems like they always get it right. You know, they're, they're so good at that side of this industry. So I don't want to say I took any satisfaction from it, but it was just nice to see that, you know, they mess up too, I guess. Yeah, that, that more than anything was like, man, some, you know, sometimes everybody messes up and you don't feel so bad about your own shortcomings at times. In their defense, um, Fox uh, was supposed to release it a few weeks ago, but yeah, got caught up in the border in the in the uh, border, and they missed all the dome races. And they could release it next week as a night race, also. Except they were checking the sunset, and it's pretty late. Also, it wouldn't really helped in New York, and of course Vegas. It's not going to help. So, um, yeah. So you're calling it day glow, but I mean it's glow in the dark. Glow in the dark. Whatever. Yeah. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah. What, what, they glow is neon orange. This literally was glow in the dark, and they had it at the one race where there was no darkness whatsoever. <laughs> the one race, because I mean, the other day race was in the dome at St. Yeah. Louis, so maybe it would have done the one race pretty much ever in the history of Supercross. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. New Jersey last year, two right. races ever. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, let's talk about um, the new venue. Boston slash Foxborough. I, I don't guess. I guess we call it Foxborough, right, Weege? Pretty far from Boston, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what we think? What did we think of everything, uh, Weege? What'd you think? It was uh, eh. It was eh. Yeah. It was eh. Yeah. Um, the, the building itself is really nothing special. I think you and I were both a little surprised that it wasn't. I mean, it's 15 years old, but that's within the realm of when stadiums started to become awesome. Uh, but considering that, it's only so-so. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I think does save it is the surrounding area around of the Patriot Place I think is pretty cool, but I didn't really get a chance to check that out. I don't think you did either. Um, but did you notice that Roxham was, like, all pumped on it? So it was, like, his favorite venue? Well, they had, what was that all about? Well, they had to go in early for press, right? So Roxham's right. been there for three days. So I guess he probably walked around that complex. He probably got a massage. He probably got uh, some good food. Maybe he shopped. Maybe he went to the movies. You know. Yeah. So. Yep. So yeah, that's yep. why he was so pumped. <laughs> uh, what I did like about it was the weather ended up being fine. I mean, it rained in the morning, but we'll get to that. It ended up being. It wasn't really even that cold or anything. Uh, and I also just liked, in general, some of the old school New England guys. You know, uh, Doug Henry was there. JoJo Keller. You and I hung out with Mike Treadwell for a bit. It was good to see those kind of old school New England legends. I didn't see. Around the I didn't see Pat Barton. Didn't see Pat Barton. Scotty Cotta. Uh, Scotty Cotta was Scotty Cotta there. <laughs> I don't know, but I was I was saying his name a bunch on on the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Scott Cotta, Treadwell, KJ. Um, oh, KJ, KJ was there. Yeah, yeah. KJ yep. was there promoting uh, uh, Southwick. Um, yep. Yeah, you know what? The the JT. I think 
Look, TV is king. TV rules in 2016 for any sport out there. And so the reason we're showing up at 7.30 in the morning is because of the um, chance to get on Fox, the main network Fox. But I, I, mm-hmm. these day races, they do I – mean, we've had two in a row now. We had one last year. They hurt the atmosphere. They hurt the crowd, I think, a bit, and I think they hurt the atmosphere a little bit. And that's 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 what it is. That's fine. We're, you know, we're going with uh, TV, and I get it. But I don't think there's no denying that it kind of hurts it a little bit. The only thing I think it takes away from is opening ceremonies. That's uh, the only thing, the only part of the day and night that I feel like is a bit underwhelming. And if you've, I'm sure there were there were many fans that had never been to a supercross race in person before that had gone this weekend simply logistically you know we haven't been in foxborough in 20 plus years uh that you know unless they had driven down the met life which is you know three or four hour drive they probably there were probably a lot of new people you know rob gronkowski won you know being one obviously and i yes. think opening ceremonies is they do a great job with it inside domes and it's you know i have never talked to one person that their first time was like man that was really cool you know the the videos the fireworks the the whole production and it when you watch it during the daytime it just doesn't come off like that at all it's it's just underwhelming and uh, so I, everything else though i thought was fine i i thought that it was it's really cool and and obviously the fox thing as you said is paramount to all of the the reasoning behind it uh but i just it just is a bummer when you're watching opening ceremonies. It's almost boring, you know, the way it is during the day. Well, I don't know, JT. I would make a case that the whole opening ceremonies needs to be revamped. Well, like, and maybe, you know. but you got to realize how many we've seen. Yeah, I know, true, but so, but um, and I wouldn't argue it. I, I'm all for, I'm all for uh, modernizing and updating as technology allows and, and everything you can throw at it. I'm all for that. I'm just saying it's still pretty yeah. cool for those who haven't seen it. Uh, with the rider videos and all that kind of stuff. But I will say on the same topic that I think having the um, – if, if they could keep updating the videos, you know, more yeah. and more and more as the season rolls on, I think that would be cool um, to almost add storylines to it, you know. Like for Tomac, you could have uh, videos where he's, you know, that shows his struggles and shows, you know what I mean? And, and I think that would be cool to make it uh, a like, little bit more time-dated, too. Have, like, Brayton and Anderson come out together? And, like, like wrestling, <laughs> yeah. like one guy has the belt, like Anderson has a belt or something? And... Right, have one of them hitting the other one with the chair. <laughs> yeah, we just like that. We could, we could <laughs> script that for these guys, no problem. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. They used to do that more. I feel like the videos used to change sometimes yeah. when you'd event. Yeah. You know, you'd have five or six different Chad Reed videos throughout the year, I feel, right? Yeah. I I, uh, yeah. I get the day races, like I said. It's all TV, and I get it. But it, I, they're, I feel like they're, eh, you know? I don't know. I, I feel like the fans maybe aren't as drunk or aren't as into it, you know? Aren't as uh, drunk. Well, you know, it's Saturday night. Like, it's, it's a night out yeah. for people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a... Yeah, it's a night out for, for, for people. They wait all year for, for the Supercross to come to town, and, and they have a good time, and, and, and more power to them. Um, so now, that's all. Now that yeah. they've done it, now that they've done it, I've heard a couple of interesting, you know, it's like the topic doesn't even get brought up when you don't change anything. And now that it has, I've heard a couple things in both directions. One thing I think that probably hurts the crowd is, you know, football games are in the afternoon. But for the most part, you know, in New England, it's people that are from that region, from the area, for the most part, are going to fill the building. But there's a good chance for Supercross that maybe there's someone from five hours away. Like, I was from New Jersey. They didn't have a New Jersey Supercross for a long time. So I would drive all the way to Indy. You know, I would drive all the way to Atlanta as far distance. 
Well, once you have a day race, man, forget it. You can't make it a road trip. You're going to have to now. You have to come Friday night, which makes it much more expensive. And I think that maybe squeezes some people that are say five hours away and mm-hmm. are like, man, I just can't make it now. On the other hand, I heard a lot of people, and I had never thought of this, which is dumb because I have kids of my own. And my kids go to bed around seven thirty every night, which is exactly when the races start. Yeah. And I heard people say, this is great. My kids could actually come, and they're not going to be complete basket cases because the main doesn't start two hours after their bedtime. So uh, just trying new things is a yeah. point the three of us always keep making. Yeah. Stuff you don't even think about, might, they might actually learn something from. Well, we learned that Gronk was there, and he's got a Monster Energy drink coming out, Gronk, Gronk uh, formula. So, and the bus. And you tell yeah. me that the, the bros out there that love Monster – this oh. is Gronk is probably their idol, so this is perfect. This is perfect for Monster, for Gronk, and for people in general. This is great. So, is this the first ever personalized energy drink? I don't know. I've never seen mm. heard um, of one. Yeah, I was be. I was putting the over under on Gronk interviews during the night at four, and I mm. would have been I would have lost because uh, he only brought him up for opening ceremonies. That's it. Well. Yeah, I, it depends on how you look at it because he was on he was on Supercross Live. Yeah, he he was on the track thing. He was you know and I kept seeing him over and over and over on different platforms. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how you view it. I think um, they definitely got a lot of use out of him. I'll give you that. Now Brayton's mechanic is buddies with Rob Ninkovich, who's a linebacker for the Pats and JT. So you were hung, hanging out with him under the BTO truck, and uh, he was yeah. into it. He's into moto. Super nice guy. I mean, that's. The kind of um, interaction you're, you'd all, you know, you always hope for when you have these athletes come to the races, and uh, you know, it helped that he was friends and he he rode as a kid and wanted to do this. You know, it just his talents and, and size and everything steered him a different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was as nice as they come and down to earth and um, respected what we did and and those guys, you know, Braden and those guys still do. Uh, and it just it was awesome. I was very very. Um, uh, happy that he was so gracious and cool when you know those guys are like the pinnacle it's the most you know most popular sport in america and those guys he was as yeah. cool as it come well that's good i I'm, I'm fine with the with the dudes showing up at the supercrosses and getting used a little bit if they're into moto but i just don't like the force fed stuff that like oh well, we got a celebrity here oh my god he doesn't know anything yeah. about it about moto but he's here you know yeah but but you know, he's a that so. guy gronk's a monster athlete so you know that's coming. Yeah, that's They're fine. They're going to get I every just, use out of him they yeah, can. I get it. Um, Matt, I remember what it was that we were supposed to remember oh, to talk about. This. What was it? It was that they had the Gronk bus. And <laughs> when they went to bring Gronk out for opening ceremonies, like they opened the door and like seven monster girls come out. As if to insinuate, ah, oh, they, they were a little bit busy. Those monster girls and Gronk. Hold on for a second. The, yeah. the band was rocking. Yeah, chances, chances yeah. are that Gronk was having an orgy in that bus um, yeah. are pretty high. Yeah, during opening ceremony. Yeah, during like, <laughs> Oh, shoot, i got to get out here. I thought I thought we were going to talk about when Irv left his mic on was making a phone call. And we couldn't tell we, the difference? <laughs> he's got his mic on. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be down later, mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you hear that, that really J- happen? J- yeah, you didn't hear that, JT? Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh, my uh, God. When was this? Uh, practice sometime. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, okay. That's, and we were noting that it was the information <laughs> that was barely any less relevant than it was when he's actually he, announcing. It he, was almost the same. 
I love how he never tells the fans like what's going on on the track. He's oh, like the epic. final transfer spot is going on in multiple races with just dudes killing each other to get the last spot, and there's just no mention. There's no like, hey folks, keep an eye on this guy and this guy, and watch these two. You know, so no, the semi uh, in the semi, there were two dudes going for the last spot. Was it Way and? Schmidt or, yeah. or, or whatever, the cat, something like that. And Irv, on the last lap, all he did was continue to praise Chad Reed for having 200 uh, starts. Reed, because Reed qualified in the previous semi. <laughs> so there's three guys going for two transfer spots, and all he was still talking about was that Reed made a main event five minutes earlier. I, I've said it all and along. And no mention battle the, at all. It was yeah. Weimer and the cat. Um, Weimer and the cat, yeah. No mention of them at all, just talking about Reed from five minutes earlier. Yeah. You, you're more confused when you leave a Supercross than ever. Uh, Ryan Nudgy was a Red Bull, a monster Red Bull rider at some point. He's both. So, uh, anyways, I love it. I love it. A poor Irv. He's on to me, though. He's on to me. He is definitely yeah. on to you. He, he said oh. last week that I'm sitting there waiting for him to, for that one slip up. Irv, I got news for you. I got news for you, Irv. It's a lot more than one. It's, it's a lot more than that one slip-up that I like to make fun of, Irv. He's like whack-a-mole. He just keep, the mistakes keep coming up, and I'm just hitting them. I can't keep up with the whack-a-mole. Oh, God. Anyways. Um, uh, we, we have one other thing with the stadium to cover. Oh. Uh, just randomly, you know, the trucks get pitted and parked wherever they get parked. So uh, Jimmy Albertson's motorcycle Superstore Suzuki team, their pit is – in a spot that literally is a sign that says reserved for Bill Belichick. Now, for those of you who don't follow the NFL, Belichick is the surliest, the most successful, but also the surliest, meanest, nastiest, no sense of humor guy uh, of any NFL disciplinarian. And then they lowered their hydraulic gate and actually put a dent in his parking spot on accident. So <laughs> no, I didn't I know that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put a divot in the pavement in the reserve well, field, but there is not a more valuable parking spot in the National Football League, and by that, and then all of sports, that would mean. Well, folks, that's that that's it spot. for Foxborough Supercross. That's... I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, or, or Belichick will be like, "Yeah, you're on to New Jersey, Feld. You are on to New Jersey." Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, um. Oh, we uh, JT, you'll like this. Weege, we were looking for food, free food, of course, and uh, we found Jimmy John's at the RCH team, and we had Jimmy John's and chips and the drinks, and then Weege texts me and goes, bro, there's, there's, a, there's Chipotle over at Geico, and I'm like, okay, but we ate, and he's like, yeah, but it's free, and then I'm not kidding you, JT, like, we were full, we ate, Weege yeah. was... Weege was chowing on this taco bowl burrito bowl for like an hour and i'm like we ate he's like yeah but it's free man it's free yep. he eats he eats when he doesn't even it's just free like he just yeah but you got to stock up on calories when you know like it's <laughs> if it's free you just pack them away like a camel Th- thank you jt thank you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so you I, uh, you stuff yourself four pounds of burrito bowl that i made and you were talking to Rensland, and Rensland says to you there's no way he paid for that right yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah we're, Our we're, reputation precedes me. We're down, so, yeah. we're down in the tunnel, and Wrestling's like, he didn't pay for that, did he? I'm like, oh, hell no. It's at Geico. 
Um, all right, let's talk about the race. Uh, in his uh, glow-in-the-dark gear, Kenny Roxon, man, he was great. Catching and passing Ryan Dungey in the heat. Well, first of all, do I sound the panic button for Ryan Dungey? Anyone? Is, no. are, are we panicking? He probably got a third? <laughs> he probably should have got fourth. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. No, not not should have. He passed him back. I'm joking, but, uh, man, yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, back to Roxon. Uh, road grade in the heat, road grade in the main event. Uh, was just terrific. Um, the track couldn't have been any different, more different people from practice to the night show. Um, practice was sloppy, muddy. First one, the guys, no one even tripled in the first one. Second set of practices, people finally, some people were tripling. Um, the big triple. Um, some people tripled in the first one. They did? I never saw yeah, it. Yeah, Josh saw. Grant, Kennard. Okay. Um, um, like the last lap or two. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really gnarly track conditions from practice to the, to the night show. But, uh, Finally got the win, Weege. Roxon finally got it. He's been great for a while, but it had to have been getting frustrating, and uh, he rode amazing. Yeah, I mean, the heat race in the main, uh, actually twice in the heat race because he got red flagged. Uh, Dungey started ahead of him basically three times, and, man, he just rolled through him. And I think in the main at one point, like the first lap, it was almost like he was being held up. I don't know what the change was. Obviously, Dungey was as good, if not better. He beat him the last three times straight up. But yeah. this week, it switched huge and so i guess as a product of it was an exceptionally good uh night for kenny and and for dungeon standards not a good one but it was stark like yeah it was it was incredible how hard he was going in the first lap well that's another thing irv couldn't get right either the 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 points thing for for dunge uh yeah dungey is three up on kenny and 48 total right he was no he was four he was 48 he's going 48 in. going yeah. in so um Irv kept saying Dun- Roxon needs to get three points on Ryan Dungey. And we're just like, no, no, he doesn't, Irv. He does not need to gain three points. He just needs to beat him. He just can beat him by one point. He can beat him. Just beat him. And then Ryan Dungey's going to have to wait another week. That's it. Yeah. There's not. There's no gaining yep. three points. Oh, jeez. He gained five as it was. But um, right. Irv, Irv couldn't figure this out. Just just struggled. Um. But, yeah, uh, I heard, were all the KTM guys in to sort of celebrate this title? Like, was Pitt there and everybody? I didn't see anybody. Oh, okay. I think so. Somebody told me that. Yeah, were. well, yeah. I, I believe so. Um, from the uh, yeah. the knowledge oh. I had of the situation, they had planned on, you know, if all things go perfectly, this would be the weekend they clinch it. And, and from what I know, there were KTM, Brass, and House. Yeah. So, well, um, we're going on to New York. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anyone, but I, I had been told that multiple times. So, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so it'll probably happen this weekend. I would hope. I would think. Barring disaster. Yeah, barring a complete disaster. But uh, Tomac rode great. Tomac rode fantastic. Weed, you talked to Bruce Sternstrom a little bit about some of this stuff. Well, I think with Tomac struggling in the last uh, half of the Supercross thing, and it, you know Daytona did not turn out to be the turnaround that everyone expected. So now everybody's like, oh, I guarantee you Tomac's just putting in extra time outdoors and just wait till Hangtown. So I asked Bruce, who kind of runs all Kawasaki racing, and he's like, no, we're much like, uh, I guess, Bruce, uh, uh, Bill Belichick would say, we're, we're thinking about tonight. We're moving on to the night. Not thinking about Hangtown, not even thinking about next week in New Jersey. We're still trying to win every Supercross. We're still testing for Supercross. Um, and honestly, I have to say, we heard this from Bruce a couple times this year that they had finally turned the corner they needed to turn. And they didn't, so I was a little skeptical. But uh, 
there has to be no doubt. I mean, that was Glendale Tomac Road pretty well, and I'd say that's about it. Uh, this is probably the this is probably the best stadium Supercross he had all year. Yeah, they they made some changes with the bike. They made a lot of changes with the bike. They went out to Colorado last week and kind yeah. of broke everything down to ground to ground zero and 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 you know started again. And 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 apparently he was a second quicker on his own Supercross track. So. Um, right. We'll see this but weekend. We've heard this type of thing well, yeah, from the, a million the, teams and riders before. So the proof's in the pudding. The key the, is the going, main event was good. The main event yeah. was great. The key is going to be this yeah. weekend also. You know what I mean? Um, that'll also be the key if he's back next weekend. He just has to make a podium again, and I'll be like, okay, all right. It was for real. You know, it was hard not to think it's for real though. The way he rode, because he was good. He was really good. So, um, JT, the. Yes, Roxon blew out Grant on the podium uh, for the for the for being a lapper. He blew him out on my post race podcast. Uh, Freeze took Dungey high. The eight hundred was an issue for a few guys. What was the deal with the lappers? They 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 were really racing with a lot of guys. It wasn't just Grant, Freeze, and Alessi, the three guys that I named. I just called out those three guys because they're all you know factually named, and I saw or I saw it with my eyes, but. What was going on? I don't know. I, kn- I know that the two Moto Concept guys were just, it was repeated, <laughs> oh, you know, dude. repeated offenses. Right? It was bad. Uh, I didn't see the Josh Grant thing, so I, I don't want to comment because I don't, I don't think that's no, fair. No, but the fact you know, is I, Kenny was, was very upset, yeah. He, yeah, he was yeah. obviously heated because he's the only one that they called out by name, you know, and, and he made a point to do it. He was very, Twice? very unpleased yeah. with however yeah. that went. Uh, I'm sure he thought that, you know, like Grant was trying to help Eli catch up or something, which I don't believe at all. No, no. But um, I could see where he could possibly think that, but I didn't see it. So I'm just going to stay away from that one. I did see the Moto Concepts thing, and I was just, I was blown away that those guys weren't making more of an effort to get out of the way. Um, And, you know, it's tough. On a normal track, you don't really have to get out of the way so much. You don't have to make this huge effort to move. But on a track like that, where it's super ruddy and there's only a few good lines, you you kind of do. You kind of have to move because it's just a, the track is different, and guys can't just go anywhere and go around you. You know, you're kind of forced into these lines, and it, it makes it tougher. And I think, and you and the, the riders that are being lapped have to be more conscious of that and not make the race the race about themselves. Yeah, Moto Concepts guys were just it was bad. It, it was really bad, and I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know any other way to put it than that. It was just bad. Yeah. Um, Alessi, I talked to Alessi after the race. Um, he was stoked on his finish. Um, he's one of the only six guys to make every main event. He wanted to point that out. And he had a signed Ryan Dungey jersey. Not sure. He was stoked on that, too. So Did Dungey give it to him for trying to help him in the main event? I think. Did Dungey give it to him for taking him high in a berm? I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> Anderson, I don't even interview Alessi. I wanted to interview him because I haven't talked to him all year. But with that team, I just stay away. I talk to Mike. Yeah, I like Mike, you know. But I'm just, I'm not interviewing them. I just, I don't want to get involved. Things yeah, go, it doesn't seem to work out well. For things, you. things go sideways. So just stay away. Um, Weege Anderson rode very well. He caught Dunge, passed him, but then some mistakes. I think just kind of took the wind out of him a little bit. Well, I thought so, but I talked to him after the race. He actually lost his uh, front brake. Um, and this is, if you're Anderson, the last thing you need is to have your front breaker out as you're trying to pass Dungey. Like, the, 
the reputation is not good as it is. Mm-hmm. And then he nearly takes Dunge. He passed him in the 90-degree turn, and then there was a 180 after it. And he said he went into that turn, and all of a sudden he just went straight, and he's like, I couldn't stop. So I think he bent a rotor because uh, of the rock. And he said it was all right for a lap or two, but as the track kept uh, getting worse and more rutted, He's trying to drag the front brake to kind of stay in the rut, and he kept blowing it. And then that's why he had uh, at least twice you and I saw him really almost eat it. And yeah, he was, yeah. And he said he came out of the turn not where he wanted to be, and uh, that was that was kind of all she wrote. So, I mean, you could argue. I, mean, I don't see why Anderson would just lie about the front brake thing. I mean, you would argue that you could argue that Dunge got a little. Yeah. Free pass there to keep that podium streak alive because it looked like Anderson had him. Yeah, yeah, I think Anderson was riding better. Yeah, Dungey's uh, podium yeah. streak was in danger. So, yeah. Do we know if Anderson was spoken to by FIM at all um, for Brayton incident last week? Like we'd heard, and I, t- uh, I don't know. I, I brought the thing up. I talked to him, him and uh, Bobby Hewitt for a while. And they didn't mention anything about that. I, oh, I forgot okay. to ask specifically, but they didn't mention that that happened. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Um, yeah, I'm pretty He's sure. Paid, that- by the way, on- go ahead, TP. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure that John spoke with him on Friday. Uh, oh, okay. The Husky guys. I don't know what came of that, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that there were, because I know, I do know he was in the BTOKTM truck on that end speaking, and then I, he was supposedly going directly to the Husky truck following that. So mm-hmm. that's as much as I know, and I'm not sure if anything official came from it, but there definitely was some conversation going on. Um, Chad Reed starts, JT, were terrible. Just terrible. He's he, he's so pissed off. He wouldn't even come on the Pulp Max show tonight. That's all mad he is. Yeah, he was gone like immediately after the race. <laughs> and and then uh this morning, like first thing I have Snapchat of him doing starts. So Yeah. It uh he's been he's been pretty pretty good. Even if if the race hasn't gone well, he's been pretty good with his attitude and mood and everything and uh, he was not happy with how yeah. it went this week. No, so. no, he starts with terrible. I wonder if that hydraulic clutch will be in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what yeah. they show up with, and, and he'll be at press day on Thursday. So, God, his show up yeah, there. his starts were bad. So, yeah, um, I mean, practice went well. He rode well. You know, he was like fourth and then sixth or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which is good for him. He's usually not a good qualifier. And then the racing, you know, he really put himself in a position where he had no chance of success with his starts. Yeah, no, done from there, for sure. Uh, interesting to watch. Uh, Seeley came back. Seeley rolled well. Seventh place, we each first race back after, you know, a pretty serious injury. So, good job by him. Yeah, I didn't expect him back this early because yeah. he literally says he didn't ride until Monday. Right. And usually the guys take two or three weeks of riding <laughs> before they come and race. I love how... So the only guy- uh, I just I love how, I love how you talk yeah. to Wardy about it. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. So um, I said to Celia, I'm like, man, did you expect to come back this week? And he's like, no, but I rode Wednesday on a Supercross track. It felt okay, so I decided to try it. And then Wardy just chimes in. He's like, anything he's ever heard, I've raced through. So why not just race? <laughs> and then Wardy, he just doesn't like these guys. Could not care less. Like they don't care who they're offending or what. They just say it, just like like Stanton does. And all. he says to me. Well, you know, Cole's just not the toughest guy, you know? Like, just says it <laughs> straight up. He's like, he's like, he'll do anything you tell him. Like, he's he's willing, he's committed, but yeah. sometimes you just got to push him. So I just told him he needs a race. And then, and then, and the, then the ankle story. He, yeah, tell the ankle Yeah, then he started telling me stories about, because uh, I, I was like, oh, man, I remember watching New Jersey Supercross every year, breaking your ankles every year there. And one year he said he had a broken ankle, so then he was going to come up short, so he – took that foot off the peg so he could land on the good ankle, and he broke that one worse. 
and they need to sleep at the doctor's all week in California to have an ultrasound machine on it for 24 hours, for six days. Then Jeff Spencer taped it up in California, flew to it, taped one Southwick, and then as he was flying back, it started swelling up bad, so he had to have the stewardess finally cut the tape off. So <laughs> the ankle was broken, and he won Southwick. The funny thing is, is like, I mean, you can look at it like, ah, he's talking about walking uphill to school both ways, but I believe it. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I believe it. How about I was like, yeah, you won Southwick with a broken ankle, and he's like, yeah, but it's sand track. You don't really need to use the rear brake, so it didn't really matter. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was good. Um, now I guess Weimer Weimer hit. Pike's rear reel in the rhythm section. Not nothing to do with Pike. He just he moved over. Weimer goes down, collects Barsha, which I think was pretty ironic considering that last week or in Indy, Barsha sawed off Weimer's front tire. And then did you see them in the heat, JT? Wow. They were trying to kill each other. And I talked to Weimer about it. Barsha doesn't speak to me, by the way. This is now official. He's not speaking to me. So again, um, he will when he starts doing better. But for now, he's not. But uh. Weimer said, yeah, I, I definitely, I, tried, I came in hot. And he, I guess that really got Barsha mad. And, and they started trying to kill each other. I don't know. Do either one of you see it? I saw kind of the aftermath. I'm sure you did too, JT. You saw them trying to kill each other after that first move. I didn't see the first move. Did yeah. you see it? Yeah, I did not see the first move. Weimer just told me that. No. And then all of a sudden, it was on. And they were going at it. So there's a little, little rivalry going on with these guys. Yeah, I saw Barsha have the race announcement about it. He said, like, there was rumors of a headbutt, and I was like, I heard you tried to headbutt him. He's like, no, it's like a headbutt. I kind of, like, moved my head toward yeah, got him. Into his, screen, yeah, screen some explanatives, yeah. which I can't hear uh, in Weimer's face. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I uh, the RCH guys told me he headbutted him right in front of the officials, and I'm like, okay, all right. Well, you know how these things work, so I didn't see it either. But. So, Bar- um, so Weimer goes down, Barsha goes down, Alessi goes down. I think there was maybe the cat or somebody also stuck in there. Yeah. Um, big Tickle ch- also? Didn't Tickle and Weimer both get it? Yeah, oh, Tickle, that's right. Yeah, Weimer went, yeah, yeah Tickle, yeah. Tickle it rammed into him too, so. Um, JT, what was up with Brayton's race? Went backwards. Did he have issues? Yeah, I don't know. I never got a, a solid answer on what actually happened there. Um, I was trying to, you know, figure it out just, you know, from the sidelines, and he was rolling around really slow. So um, I'm sure I can get an answer. I just didn't really want to yeah. ask. You know, it was, yeah, it was an it was an off night. Well. It was an off night for the number ten. Yeah, yeah. and it, he was pumped. I, I he, he rode with me to the track oh, on Saturday oh. morning. Okay. You said he was pumped. I'm like, what? Why would he be pumped uh, before? Okay, well, he rode to the track with me on Saturday morning, and he was pumped yes. for the the off weather, and he knew the track would be ruddy and mm-hmm. nasty, and and he feels like that helps him. Yep. Uh, when the track is a bit slower and more and more technical, he likes that. So he was he was excited going into it, uh, but as we saw, something went down. Um, his heat race was good. He got third in yeah. the heat. Yeah, rode well. And then uh, you know. He only rode one more time after that, and, and something went sideways. And mm-hmm. I probably should have asked, but I just, you know, with with the way Benny Bloss's night went and then Brayton, I didn't want to pry. So. Yeah, Bloss uh, was on Millsaps' bike. And, um, I mean, really, when you uh, no offense to the Cat and Clayson and Alex Ray, but I think he's on that level. And I would think he'd be in the main event. And he was certainly really fast in the whoops. But you want to talk about a kid either, I don't know, freaking out or, or, or nervous or something. He made a lot of mistakes. 
Yeah, and you always fear that these guys move up, and you had like three days on the motorcycle, yeah, and you've never ridden a 450 in Supercross, and you put them on, you know, arguably the toughest track of the year. Uh, it, it just didn't work out. Um, and we saw this this kind of thing happen to him in Indianapolis, where he just the track was incredibly technical and and treacherous, and he crashed quite a bit there too. So, coming from that, it shouldn't have been a shock that he would struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I think he's going to get another chance uh, in at MetLife mm-hmm. in you know five days. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I think there were some unrealistic expectations put on him by certain people, and uh, I just. I tried to caution everyone that I talked to that that were getting a bit ahead of themselves, and um, it's just such an unrealistic goal to to put him where they were putting him, you know. And and not to mention it's such a disrespectful uh, take on the guys that are finishing in those you know top mm-hmm. fifteen or top ten spots. So I thought he would do a bit better, and and he you know arguably should have if he stayed off the ground, but you know not crashing is part of the game. Yeah, no, it's a different deal. It's a different class. It's yeah, it's you know, things are different. So, uh, Weege, another good race by Bogle. Bogle's starting to figure this thing out. Yeah, I think uh, it's almost an insult to him to say it, but I think it's surprising some people. I don't, I don't know if anyone knew really what to expect from him mm-hmm. uh, this year. It was almost like the maybe one of the hardest guys of all uh, to pinpoint of what would have been the goal and what would have been acceptable finishes. But I mean, what is he at a two six and a fourth, uh, fourth in the last four races? They had a bad one in Indy in the ruts, but uh, and it's it's other things besides the results. Because uh, again, you might hear six and say, "Ah, oh, that's pretty good." Mm-hmm. But like the heat race, he was in second and he didn't get yarded. He just finished second. Yeah. Um, uh, he's I, I'd say at this point, he's probably better uh, than than what a lot of people would have thought. So mm-hmm. now maybe he's making a good case for himself. We all know this is really supposed to be a one-year deal to help him yeah. get his name out there for next year. But I think his stock has got to be going up these la- this last month. I agree. <clears throat> yeah, his, his contract is up, <clears throat> excuse me, along with a lot of other dudes. So, um, Yeah, he was good. Okay. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, I was uh, – Suzuki guys are not happy with me about the Stu's thing. I don't get it, though. Why would, why would it be different? Like, they're not pumped that I wrote that Stewart's talking to other teams, and, and we know he is. His contract's up. What's the difference between Bogle, Stu, Cooper Webb, who, you know, we talked about for a long time, and he's now going to Yamaha. Roxon, we talked about Roxon a ton. We all think he's going to Honda. What's the difference? Why are these guys? Well, the difference sure is uh, those things don't either. affect them. What, what's that? Sorry? Those things don't affect those guys, so of course they don't care. It's like we say it all the time. It's funny as long as you're not making fun of us. It's that same type of thing. You can talk about any yeah, but, other team Roger combo you want, but don't say anything about our guy. Yeah, but uh, uh, Jeff Myshack or LaRocco never came up to me when I talked about uh, Bogle or Tomac last year. Like, hey, Tomac's go- talking to Cowie, we heard. I didn't get yeah. you know, I didn't get anybody going like, come on, man. And I don't get it. Like, it's like hopefully they re-sign well, him. They want to re-sign him. Maybe things will yeah. happen. This is just part of, like, I don't get it. I like those guys. I like Webb. I like Jake, but it's just silly season talk. That's what's happening. Well, well what they're saying is, what they're saying is, they're going after an outside sponsor next year, and when these things get out, it doesn't help them negotiate from a position of strength. I don't so care. They're basically. I don't care. I know you don't care, but that's why they care. They're like, if you hadn't said that, you could potentially cost us money, and at that point, being fair goes out the window. We just don't want you to screw with it, whether you think it's fair or not. Oh, so I should, I should, I should call these people and be like, "Hey, are you working on anything that's going to upset you when I hear about James?" Or Cooper Webb or Roxon? 
Hey, uh, I don't know what you want me to say here. That's why they're mad. Like, I'm just telling you why they're mad. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, okay. but that's well, why they're mad. The other teams are not. Well, they're saying that this could potentially cost them money, whereas talking about Roxon apparently two years ago or this year is not costing Or Tomac or anybody, any of these dudes, you know? So Yeah, I mean, I suppose if, and this is not even close to the case, but if it was the case somehow that talking about Tomac last year moving to Cowie was potentially going to affect how much Geico money the Geico team got then maybe they would have been mad about it, but it wasn't the case. Like Suzuki saying we could have a title sponsor, but this stuff getting out. And what I believe is happening here is there are several teams, I think, going after the same whatever this new sponsor is. So it's a big chess match. Who's going to get the money? Do you, so, know, do you know who it is? No, I don't. I, didn't oh, know okay. any, I, I had no idea about any of that oh, okay. um, until a different team is like, no, we're going to get that sponsor they're going for. We know who it is, and we're going to get it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, so here we go. So yeah, yeah. extra well, there's more on the line with this. Whatever, bro. Here. I'm doing my I'm doing my job. It's a good yeah, I guess. good job I did. So I know you'll mention it to Coombs, who will give me a raise. And it's a, yeah. it, JS is just like any other guy that we can talk about and speculate and and you know, rumors are and, and things like that. So yeah. What's also confusing people here, by the way, is there's a press release that came out last year, last year, saying he signed a multi year deal and he will retire with the team. So when you're saying matter-of-factly, we know his deal is up. I think there's a ton of people saying we do. His deal's not up. So what what happened there? I don't uh, get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. In our sport, things get things get weird. So okay, I don't know. Okay. I think he I think he's got a performance clause that he has to meet, and I don't know if he's met it or he's going to meet it yeah. or whatever. So, um, all right. Listen to this commercial. Or JT, you want to weigh in on this, sir? You- um, I was gonna. The only thing I was gonna say is I think. Everyone gets a little upset about that. You know, RCH guys aren't thrilled that people are saying that Kenny's leaving for Honda. You know, they're claiming they're still going to sign him. No, they're not. So, are they? I was told that. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, it's been it's been a month or so since I was told that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, listen to this commercial um, from uh, Michelin. Michelin Starcross 5. Brand new tire. Randy Richardson. Good guy over there. And uh, also, too, Racetech, Racetech suspension, Pulpamex 16 is the code to save yourself money at Racetech. Just get your oil changed, if nothing else, people. If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't need a reroute, just get your oil changed, right? Do that. And um, listen to this commercial, and uh, we'll be right back to talk about Marty Davalos and the 250s. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, and probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? 
at uh, Racetech. Go to PulpMX2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. RacerX Online Podcast, racerxonline.com forward slash subscribe to the magazine. Yes, we're pushing the magazine more lately on this podcast, but that's because we feel like you jerkies need to buy the magazine or subscribe to the magazine because, A, it's cheap as hell. B, there's stories in there that we work really hard on that we don't talk about online. Right, Weech? Yeah, I think that's, that's what it comes down to. We're putting in a lot of work, and everyone's probably thinking, well, I read the website, so I know everything. Um, no, you don't. We're doing more. No, you don't. And actually, we're doing more unique stuff than ever to prevent people from thinking that. So we just want a little credit right. and some money while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Uh, JT, I'll save myself an email here. Did you did you do those captions yet on pulpamex.com? I did not, know. Okay. Will you get to them today? Um, tonight, probably. Here we go. Oh, and how's this going to affect the Pulp Show tonight with your three hours ahead? I never thought of that. we got to figure that out, bro. I'll I'll be here. Okay. All right. Two fifty class. Ironic. Marty Davalos cover story comes out on Racer X magazine, and Marty rides great to get the win. Although, did you guys both think that that was Mookie's race? Like, I assumed that that thing was over. You know, eight nine laps in or before Mookie strangely started going backwards. Uh, did, right? Nobody. You both thought Mookie was going to win that thing. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right? Like, uh, I guess he hurt his ankle a bit in practice. I talked to the Geico guys. Uh, I don't know if he mentioned that to you, Weege, in the post-race interview. But, um, nope. you know, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, hurt his ankle a little bit and then just kind of went backwards, which is really weird. But luckily for Mook, 
Uh, Plessinger was probably even worse. Um, wasn't a good performance by Plessinger either, huh, JT? It wasn't, and, and I think that everything played into his hands that we talked about all week that he could hope for. You know, inclement weather, uh, difficult track as far as um, ruddy and, and your non-typical Supercross track, and it, it just didn't pay off for him. You know, it wasn't what we saw, like, you know, the Indianapolis, and then he was he was pretty good in St. Louis as well. And not that he was horrible this weekend, but it, it just did not work yeah. how we had, you know, kind of ironed. We had p- painted this picture that if the weather goes this way and the track goes this way, that, man, it could really work in Plessinger's favor here. And that's the, that's the roadmap for him to win this title, and it just didn't go that way. No, it just didn't move. He moved forward, I guess, but it took him a while to get going. Um, and Mookie led eight laps and bizarrely almost got lucky a little bit that McElrath didn't get him, which after the race, yeah. Shane was pretty pretty upset, and Tyler Keefe was upset that Shane kind of didn't get by Mookie quick enough. But, um, yeah, again, Weege, the 50 East series, like, no one wants the title. Yeah, because uh, one other guy to mention here is J-Mart, who got a horrible start in the heat, horrible start in the main. I mean, that's been a big problem with him in Supercross. Um, but man, was he going for it. I mean, the first couple laps, he was killing it. He was way back. He somehow made up all that ground. Uh, but I was like, it's not going to matter. I mean, Mookie's so far ahead, but then Mookie kind of fell back to him. And then once he got to second and closed on Davalos, I'm like, well, this is going to be easy now. He's come from like nine seconds back to catch and pass all these guys. And all he's got five laps to get Marty. Uh, and he's flying and he's not going to get tired. No, he doesn't. Um, but he just screwed up like two or three times. He screwed up the boops. Yep. Uh, didn't do well through traffic. And you know what, man? You got to applaud Marty. I mean, that's the type of race that Marty doesn't usually win. No. Um, nope. It was Mookie's race. It was J. Mark's race. He let them screw it up, and he was the one that was uh, solid. So Marty that is was the one. J. Mark to win all the way. I thought too. Marty is the one that dug deep and came back and fought off advances and 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 you know yeah came, yeah that's. Yeah. Um, I even told Mark was falling ass. Like I don't know what you what you folks could see on TV, but when you see how far back he was, you yeah, know, you look at the whole stadium. It was like a straightaway and a half. But and he made up all that ground. But like you said, like in the end, like a little, you got to go a little, you got to shake your head a little bit at J Mart and be like, dude, you got to win that. Like yes, you, I agree. You got to win that. Um, those points were but, huge. I mean, that's that's the what is he down now? Uh, 13, 14. or eleven, something like that. He was fourteen. 16, he made a, he was 14 16 going yeah, in. Yeah, he made up two, two on points. Mookie and now he's 14. 14 back with two races left. Right. The difference in being 11 points back and 14 with two to go is huge. It's just a crazy series. But um, I said, yeah. I thought Jamar was going to crash in the whoops because he was pushing so hard. Like, you know how it is, JT. You can't go too fast in whoops. You have to go the right speed. Um, otherwise, you're, you're skipping one. And, um, and that's ugly, too. And I, and with the whoops being big, but Jamar was great. He was good in the whoops, all, in the, all, all main event. Yeah, the key to that race uh, was who could continue to do the the big rhythms. Um, and I, when I say big rhythms, uh, you know, Mar- uh, Davos was jumping the three three in after the whoops. That was really fast. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a uh, just before the other set of whoops, there was a three into the turn there that if you didn't get was you know that was really critical. And Davos, in the key moments, was able to continue to jump those big sections. And, you know, on a track like that, 
where the track is so much faster, ju- jumping one section can be so much faster. It's a second or two a lap, and and you know that's that's to me that's what it came down to is, um, you know there were so many sections where everybody was almost identical, but if you could jump those jumps, you could add you know take one or two seconds off your lap time every single lap. I agree with you, JT. I was talking to Tomac after the race, and I mentioned the triple in after you know um, after the whoops, the the, the yeah on the right hander, and yep. he was like ah yeah but. And I didn't think it was that much faster because you had to slow down to set up for it and and all that. So I don't know. Yeah, it, well, and it was it was faster. I think Eli is correct as far as if you did take your time and set up for it. Uh, it you know that obviously mm-hmm. took away some of that, but yeah. at times guys were just going to the inside and doing it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's when it was really really fast. Uh, and I think on the on the two fifty even more. It's so much more difficult to get back, get your momentum back going on a track like that, that it it helps the 250 guys more to jump something like that. Because the 450s, yeah. you know, they don't jump something; they just turn their throttle and they're they're back up to speed instantly. Yeah, something to so, t- something to talk about with Jmart too that we're talking about too. Weege, uh lappers hurt Jmart also more so than Marty. Um, you know, we we talk about him having to win that and all that, and, and you're right, but there were some lappers too that got in his way. Yeah, I mean, under the general rule, though, is that the leader is going to have it worse than yeah. the second-place guy. Um, well, so I don't know how much rope you can give him there. Maybe you hit him at the wrong time or just have bad luck here. But Marty was, got through him first and got through him well. Marty dug deep, Tim Ferry trained, and uh, grabbed a second win. And I've always been there for him. It's fantastic. It's a great ride. Um, he said that uh, he thinks that he I, – I talked to him quite a bit after the race. Did he, he mention the haters? That, uh, Did he mention the haters? Not, not this time. Okay, right. I mentioned okay. people saying he's been in the class too long or people that doubt him. Um, <laughs> he likes throwing you know, that in there. They know who they are, I, I suppose. <laughs> right. They, uh, they do. Uh, he thinks when he came back from uh, Toronto, you know, because the series was so mixed up that he was still had a shot at it. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he almost tried too hard. Like, you know, it's like if he, he was going to have to win every round. And he was crashing a lot the last few weeks. And this week he just kind of took it like, just get what you get, ride your own race, no pressure, the title's gone. And um, that helped a lot. Uh, Bowers was – did he win the Heat? No. No, he didn't. Did I don't ba- think so. Not this time. Okay. Did you – I didn't – yeah, he did. He did. He won Heat too. Yep. He did? Over Hampshire and J-Mart. So Bowers wow. continues to to mystify all of us. Uh, Audette was okay. Hampshire – has not gotten starts, and he didn't get starts again. Did you talk to him after the race, Weege? Yeah, I did. I don't know what the deal is, but he doesn't know what the deal is to start. I mean, he was dead last going down the start. Straight. Yeah, he, well, he locked uh, bar. He locked bars with the bear. They got out of the gate. Oh, with Bauer. Yeah, they got out of the gate, oh. and then the bear. He locked bars with the bear, and he's not going to win that battle. And no. and then he kind of had to back off, and and then he was dead last. Is he the only yeah. Geico Honda rider that can't get a start? Yeah, really, right. So, it's a good yeah, point. The only one. It's a good point. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 Craig, it's bizarre. S- Craig Smith, Dakotas, Malcolm, Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He said he uh, rode by himself for like ten laps, and then he finally got the Bowers, and he cross-rutted and crashed. So He's running out of time here to get. A, I mean, he hasn't really had any good results so Yeah. Far. This is this is a big. I think his contract's up, so this is a really big outdoors for RJ. Although the St. guy Louis went well, what? I thought St. Louis went well. Yeah, no, it did, but I don't. I mean, fourth isn't bad. He has no podiums. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, 
and I, I, I guess I should preempt that by saying uh, St. Louis was the only race where I've been like, wow, RJ's riding well. Yeah. You know? No, you're a guy go Honda, unfortunately. You know, no podiums that doesn't cut it. Although those guys have shown patience with their riders over the years. Um, yeah, I think it'll be fine. I, I don't think contract-wise they're going to dump them. Um, really? They've, they've done that. No, I, I feel like time they, and time again, given guys that it's only his second year as a pro, you know? I know, but they got Chase Sexton coming in. Well, I guess Mookie's going out, probably. I think yeah. with the guys moving out, they have to put it. I would think they have to keep Hampshire. He's going to be one of the, the best guys. Do you guys... It's only his second year as a pro. Like, they don't normally do that. Hey, if you guys want to be more confused than ever, both of you, Go around the pits and try to find out if Mookie and Bowers are riding outdoors. Go 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 around. Go ask some people. Go ask people in each camp, the riders. Ask the teams. Go go find out. Because I don't know that I care. <laughs> I'll be honest. That's my honest well, opinion. You're not a you're not a beat reporter like Weege and I. I guess. But. Well, I don't I don't think and I I don't think that either one of them would be a title contender. So I don't. It's not burning okay. a hole in my well, brain. Okay. I think the Lucas Oil. Pro Motocross MX Sports Outdoor Series is the best series in the world, and I feel and like it's not the series that I don't I care like about. This guy it. should be their on the relevance line. in that in their respective class. Well, they're top ten guys. And what? I don't think I don't think Tyler Bowers would be a top ten guy in the Outdoor Championship if he raced this year. Well, if you guys want some fun, Weege, JT's out. Oh, yeah, he doesn't care. But um... uh, no, and, do you do you think so? What? You think that Tyler Bowers would be a top yeah, ten guy? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. You do? I do. Weege? Uh, I like Tyler. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> that is not an answer. <laughs> I think it is. I think he's going to your playbook, JT. He's going to your playbook. Well, that's like a Tyler. no then, Good because yet, yes would be the easy answer. That's a, that's that's straight out of JT's playbook right there, Bill Belichick ish playbook. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this, I'm not trying to knock Tyler, but he hasn't raced outdoors. I, look, I don't really give a shit. Just go and find. Oh, now you're going. Now you're going to my answer. <laughs> look, no, <laughs> I just want you guys to go out, find out if they're doing outdoors because this is great. This is great stuff. If you find, if you talk to people in different camps, like riders camp, so it's great t- stuff. Or you don't give a shit. T- I don't care where they're going to finish. Oh, find out if they're doing them. That's what I think. Right. So, um, what else? A Rod has been good. JT, mm-hmm. Trader Cowie, he's been good. Way better. Yeah. Yeah. But he is. was – now, was he hurt, Weege, right? Did Chase tell us that or someone said he was hurt and now he's not? Yeah. Uh, Skip Norfolk uh, told me at oh. Daytona, I was like, man, the first two races were not good for him. And I was mm-hmm. like, what's up? And he actually hurt his ribs or something right before okay. uh, Atlanta. So he's like, give it a few weeks. And lo and behold, after a few weeks, yeah. it's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how bad can you possibly do with Skip Norfolk, Skip Norfolk at the helm? That's awesome. I don't think we've uh, taken enough advantage of that. I mean, there should just be story time with Skip. Well, we had him on the Pulp Mech show. Ah, that's like uh, JT's level of caring about hours of movie <laughs> racing outdoors. Hey, Is that the Tuesday night show? or Yeah, that's yeah, a Tuesday night. Um, Berriman made this first main event. So the East Coast is Toast Boys. Both put her in, Durham and Berriman. Now, Durham crash out. Uh, someone was down in the loops. Is that him? Did we determine that was him? I don't think it was. I think oh, it was okay. that was Berriman. Berriman was down in the whoops. Oh, uh, I believe they were both toast. Did Fry Fry crash out, or did he just finish that far back? He's been hot and cold. Uh, uh, I thought I saw him getting lapped, so I'm telling you that was real. So yeah, okay. 
All right. Um, anything else? Nick Way, 15th. Unless he got a... Uh, Unless he got a Dungy signed jersey after the race. Josh Grant, 11th. Muscan. Muscan went down, right? 10th for Marvin, or did he just get 10th? I didn't see him on the ground. Oh, okay. I thought I saw him pick his bike up. Did, do we think tenth. that uh, the track, when it's like this, and I, I go back to last year, and I go back to previous years where uh, Salt Lake comes to mind, Seattle comes to mind, last year New York comes to mind, when the track is like it was this past weekend, I think that's a weakness for Dungey. I, I know, you know, not because, a glaring weakness like he's going to get yeah, in place, but yeah. he does not excel when the track is in that condition. But he worked everybody at. Well, he didn't work everybody, but he won Indy. Yeah, and I don't mean. I think it's got to be different than that. Like the track is an outdoor <laughs> it's very condition specific. is different. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the the venues I'm talking about have all been outside and actually be raining on during the day and. You know, like Tomac beat him handily in New York right. last year. Uh, you know, Wyndham beat him handily in Seattle the year he won a title. He lost in Salt Lake in the mud. He lost this weekend, you know, you know, Roxon had him covered. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, I just um, I don't, I don't think, I think it's going to be honest. Though. I think you might be honest, though, JT. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like uh, even the ruts at Indy, it was still kind of like a, who could be precise and make sure you hit that rut and your mark and don't make mistakes, I feel like this one become. I mean, there were spots that were unbelievably slick. Like, I feel like there were parts of this one where it was just balls out, like, bad shit's going to happen and you just got to deal with it. Um, well, a little more of that? I just went and yeah, saw. Yeah, I, I would oh. agree with you. I just, yeah. I've seen it, yep. and I've seen, a, I've seen a pattern developing where if the track is just that far off, and it's not even like Supercross anymore in some spots, he doesn't yeah. seem to be at his normal level. You maybe I'm not buying it a hundred percent. I'm going to buy it at sixty percent because a okay, little well bit. Give, of, give me an example of where he has he has in those conditions in an outdoor stadium where weather is inclement. Well, give me up. Give me an example where he has shown that he can ride to his level, normal level. Weather wasn't inclement. It was nice. It was great. No, it, it was, was not. It rained all, all night and all morning. Yeah, yeah, but for the race, for the night show, it was beautiful. It was great. But the weather, the weather completely changed the track. He's a little bit of a weirdo with bike setup, or he used to be. So maybe the setup was way off also from, you know, practice, and I don't know. Maybe there was something like that. Uh, here's where I'll say you're right, JT, a little bit, because you know what else? You know what track is like that? Daytona is like that. Now, he won last year. I think he dominated last year. But generally speaking, Ryan Dungey's not been his usual amazing self at Daytona. So you're right a little bit of that. But didn't he just win uh, – didn't he just win the um, New York race last year? No, Tomac won. Okay. Yeah. I think, to me, it goes back to that, and he shed most of it. But we've always known, like, Dungeons are just a little bit a little bit more. I don't, I don't well, even want to use the word conservative at this point, but I think he rides a little bit more on the safe side. And sometimes on the track, it's super shitty. Like, you just can't anymore. Or you can, and you'll get third or fourth, which is great. But... I'm sure, like, in a way, Roxon and Tomac were taking maybe what in his mind would be more chances or, or more on the edge. Because it was, it was like ice in some spots, and then there were soft spots, and then there were hard ruts and others. Like, it's probably just scary at times. And I don't think that's ever – Dungeon's gotten a lot better, but it's never going to be his strength um, taking huge chances. Put the panic button? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I hit it. I hit yeah. it for Ryan Dungey. Yes. <laughs>
Look, I, I, I don't know. I guess, yeah. Um, we know we're splitting hairs. The guy got third. Here, we're not saying that he sucked. No, we're just saying, no, look I'm at the difference kidding. between Here's he the, won three in a row. I, here, I just yeah. saw Weege, and I know you went and saw this on opening night, Batman versus Superman, right? Did you see that? Wait, there's still a Batman movie out? They're still doing this? Yeah, okay. So I just went and saw that last week. It blows chunks. Don't go, everybody. But anyways, Batman gets some kryptonite, which is the only thing that can hurt Superman, and he makes it into, like, a powder and shoots it at uh, at uh, Superman, and uh, Batman kicks his ass. Okay, so Roxanne needs to collect some dirt from Foxborough, and before the main event, throw it in Dungey's face. Or just put it in front of his gate like uh, Aaron Bates did the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. To Justin Barsha. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So throw the dirt from Foxborough all over Dungey's face, and then he'll be weak like Superman. No? How how yeah. can Batman and Superman be considered a fair fight at all? Like one is yeah. a mere mortal and one is literally super. How, it, how can that even it, be a thing? It, it's not until he does the kryptonite. I see. Then he kicks his ass. That's the- but then the kryptonite wears off and Superman starts kicking his ass again. It, it was it was ridiculous. This movie was so dumb. Yeah, and yeah, from, from my, need to see from, it. What's that, Jason? From a professional wrestling standpoint, oh. it's just hard for them to build up that um, as a as a good card, as we right. say. Right, right, yeah. So that's my only point: is maybe Foxborough Dirt is Dungey's kryptonite. I still like I him to clinch this weekend. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, JT, you screwed fantasy people everywhere by saying Pike's hand is going to affect him because he wrote, he wrote all right. He wrote well. So. I don't. I mean, he wasn't exceptional. No, but you always you didn't put him in your top 12. You said he wouldn't be there. You're scared of his injury, and he got eighth. So, so would I, I say he, you would say I screwed myself more than anyone else, correct? Wow. Some of us moved him out. On, I'm on just saying, he, I mean, if, if you don't think he has a hand right. issue, then you you know, you'd be wrong. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to say that he rode well, but yeah, there is did. a hand issue. He did. He rode well. Um, anything else? I'm good, bro. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's, I think we're good. Um, thanks to all the fans at the races too. I met a lot of fans, pulp fans and race Rex podcast fans and this weekend. So that was cool. Um, always fun to meet you guys. JT's so, VIPs. Do we consider Foxborough a success? Like we're we're excited to be going back. It was a, it was a win. Is it going back? Probably right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we'll find out in Vegas, yeah. right? But. No, no. I guess the schedule's not coming out till Monster Cup. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I think it was. I'm with Weege. I hate to be the negative guy. You know me. I'm always positive. I'm always positive. But um, I go, eh. Uh, maybe some of it do the day race. I think it was a win. I don't. I, I could. I could agree with you on the day thing. I don't think the day thing is is is, is the best thing for Supercross. I think Supercross is is should be at night. That's where it's going to be most successful. But I think the the venue mm-hmm. and the turnout and uh, I thought everything else was great. We're going to New York this weekend. Well, actually, we each had a point that the attendance could be affected in New York because of Fox. Oh, absolutely. You know I know it I mean? was. You know, I I have my own little uh, do thing I do with the team, and it was definitely. One or the other. You right. Know, people are choosing one or the other. Yeah. So, so, which is a microcosm of you know spectating in general. So. Yeah. Well, I, I the tickets are high now. Ticket prices are up there. I hear that Absolutely, from people on yeah. Twitter a lot. Um, I got two or three tweets this weekend that said that people just stay at home. 
You know, they just the ticket prices were too high, and the traffic leaving the stadium was really bad um, for normally. And I guess it, you know, it was fairly bad for Supercross, even though it was probably half full, probably thirty thousand people or so. Um, but uh, yeah, these people just gotta gotta check out. Um, one last thing, Weege, doesn't it seem like the cat just shows up, rides well, and then disappears for a while? Then the cat comes back the very next day and makes a main event. Yeah, I think the cat is uh, has, has hit that underrated part. Um, you know, there's the Enignaps and the Schmidt um, that become become like known as oh, these are the awesome privateer dudes. Yeah, especially Schmidt who's made what all but all, every race but Anaheim won. Yeah, um, but honestly, I don't think there's a huge difference between the cat and any of those main eventers all the time. The cat, um, the cat just comes and goes, though. I don't know what his deal is. He doesn't always show up, I don't think, in every race. He kind of is like a real cat. A real cat, yeah. Yep, doesn't need a leash. He'll always come back. Yeah, well, he's, you know. He's aloof. Yeah, he's Hard aloof. to predict, yep. Yeah. Standoffish. Yep. Can't really, yeah. you know, tell him what to do. Like, you don't go, cat, you're going to do well today because, yeah. you know, he will defy you. Cat's probably not even happy to be there. Like cats don't do tricks, right? You don't. Cats don't roll over. No. Cats don't. Cats, yeah, that's it. He, he just does what he wants. Yep. They always land on their feet, though. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's the, I don't know about the cat because I saw him crash a few times over the years. <laughs> Not sure about that one, but uh, anyways, all right. It's been the Racer X Online uh, Podcast, Foxboro Recap. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Uh, thanks, guys, and uh, we'll reconvene uh, next week. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. 
There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.